We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome live from the Panther Ranch Studios in my car in traffic. Here is the Walt Harris Show or Watt, whatever. Yeah, that was a bad, you know, um, attempt of uh, doing an introduction. But anyways, hey guys, welcome back. It's Thursday. And of course, the coaching carousel has been having some fun. Which we'll get to some of that in a bit. First off, we'll start with Pitt basketball. They uh, won the other night against uh, it's High Point. Another school I've never freaking heard of. But Pitt won. It wasn't pretty. They turned the ball, ball over about over 20-some times. And they still won, amazingly. But obviously, this team is young, and there's going to be a boatload of growing pains, as there is right now. I'm not really feeling too positive about the, the City game, although people have, t- people have told me that Duquesne sucks this year, which I get. But for Duquesne, this is their national championship. And Pitt's pretty vulnerable right now. And that's the thing with Pitt is when you're vulnerable, teams are going to come out and beat the crap out of you even more. And that's what's happening with Pitt right now. Penn State destroyed them. And I'm sure Duquesne is going to look to do the same when they face off. And then it doesn't get any easier with Pitt. They got some other cupcake games. And they, then they play West Virginia. And West Virginia's probably going to destroy Pitt as well. So, yeah, it's not, this isn't, this really, if you're a Pitt Hoops fan, this isn't a fun year for you at all. No, I mean, I mean last year wasn't fun either. But at least we beat, at least we beat Penn State. We lost Duquesne, and yeah, that, that, that blew too as well. But, it's just with this team, it's it just is what it is, and you just gotta, I guess, bear it. Take some, uh, drink a lot of alcohol, or uh, take some take some pills to numb yourself. That's all I can tell you. Or you know, if you just love, interested in how this team develops, which is what you know for me, that's how I'm taking it. I'm I'm watching this team play out. And seeing how they develop, because that's why I still love about these NCAA ba- basketball football games, as well as um, was it stuff like that. 
was recruiting and seeing how your recruits develop. But we'll see. Anyways, let's move on. We have a um, yeah, some fun things going around. We're day four of the whole Tennessee coaching uh, drama, and Tennessee's already down to Dave Doran as one of their candidates. And you know, if I'm a coach who's looking for a job, and I saw how the Tennessee brass behaved, I probably really wouldn't um, take that job either. It's just it's toxic. You know, the environment's toxic, and you know some some people can handle handle that. Some people love that type of stuff. Me, on the other hand, I'm a little different. You know, I think, well, I mean, for one thing, I don't deal with toxic people too much. And and when you got 80,000, 90,000 of them in Knoxville on Saturdays, hey, you're a bigger man than me to deal with that. And, um, in the case of all this, you had, uh, Mike Gundy being offered the job and I think they offered him $7 million a year and I guess he went the Jamie Dixon route and was just, uh, leveraging for more money like y'all, you know, like Jim used to do these type of situations. And, um, you know, it's obviously going to work out for, uh, for Gundy, but I really never, I never saw him ever leave at Oklahoma State. Because Oklahoma State is, you know, currently is a better job than uh, Tennessee. I mean, obviously, Mike Gundy, you're better off where you're at. I mean, if you're a neutral candidate, where you're, you know, you're, you're in a market for a, you know, a Division One job. Obviously, Tennessee becomes a, is a more attractive job because it's the SEC. But uh, you probably want to go the route Oklahoma State because you probably have a better chance of winning. And, of course, you got T-Boom Pickens helping you out. At least that's from my perspective. If it was me, I'd take the Oklahoma State job. Tennessee job was great maybe years and years and years ago. You know, it was the attractive person. You know, 20 years ago. 20 years later after, you know, maybe eating, eating you know, some more wings. Or one quesadilla too many. A few beers too many. You know, exercising as much. You're, you're wrinkling and you're, you know, you still think you're hot, but you're really not. That's pretty much what Tennessee, you know, the job is for the most part. So Doran, Dave Doran going to Tennessee. I don't know if I don't know if I ever see that see it happen. 
I'd be surprised. I mean, Jeff Brom, I, you know, I mean, the thing is, if Jeff Brom didn't go, I don't think um, Dorn's going to go either. But to Dorn's credit, he's been there for NC State quite some time, and he's obviously built them pretty well. And he's probably, I don't know, I mean, I don't know where Dave Dorn can go at NC State right now with the program itself. I mean, is it, I mean, is it peaked? As far as he can, I mean, those are just some things you know to to look at. I mean, how far can you take? How far can you go where you're at? I mean, is this the farthest? And if it is, if you feel it is, then obviously you have to go elsewhere. Otherwise, the program became stagnant, and then you got people complain because you can't get them to the next level, and they run yet, and they run yet the door and hire somebody else. You know, also some other fun things in the carousel coming coming along. I mean, one thing, uh, Matt Canada, he's looking around as well. Obviously, he wants the Rice job, and Rice isn't a bad job. It's just, you know, I sat and listened to uh, Lane Kiffin talk a few weeks ago. And he, when he said when he went to take over the, the you know the Florida Atlantic job at Conference USA, he had to scale back on things, especially on, especially with recruiting. You have to be realistic of who, of the players you recruit you're recruiting for your program and the conference you're in, because you're not going to land Parade All Americans all the time. You may not ever land Parade All All Americans in Conference USA ever. But basically, you gotta you gotta recruit the right players, the right talent, and be able, and be able to develop them. And, and of course, they have to you know be able to put in the work as well. I mean, so Canada has has to deal with that, and plus, not only that, he's got also Rice. You know, pretty much is an it's academics. I mean, it's a high academic school. And pretty much these you know, the students you're recruiting are pretty much going to be a prior, going to be pretty much athletes first. Well, not athletes, I mean students first, than athletes. Mainly because a lot of these kids they go and they were they graduate rice and they get six figure salaries. I mean they're not they're not playing with hopes of making the NFL. They're just uh, playing just to play, and of course staying their asses off in hopes of getting a big job. And that's a lot of money coming out of coming out of uh, college. And one other, and we got uh, some other bullet points here. We got to go through yet. We also got Joe Moorhead leaving uh, Penn State to go to Mississippi State. I mean, much like what I talked about, Rice can you know can you win at uh, Mississippi State? You know, Dan Mullins proved that. Daily Bailiff proved that at uh, Rice as well. You can win. A, you can obviously win a division division title at Rice. That's about it. You can get those bowl games. It could obviously be done Mississippi State, but is it a destination job for you? Probably not. But it's a start for him. And 
And um, personally, if I was uh, more how I would have waited a little bit because more jobs are opening up. Oregon's got to probably open up because uh, Florida State's going to go through Willie Taggart here pretty soon. And I think Moorhead would be really good in, in, in the Pac-12. And I think the Oregon job would be awesome, would be awesome fit for him. But um, at least with his philosophies and things. But uh, I don't see that, you know, obviously he's going to stay where he's at. But I'm not sure where Oregon goes if Willie Taggart leaves. Because Willie's probably going to leave because he loves Florida. I mean, I'm sure Oregon's in a nice little, nice little area. But if you're a Florida guy, you're going to want to go back to Florida. That's just how it is. And we also have other fun things. And we'll get back to more in a minute. Herm Edwards is going to Arizona State to be their new head coach. And given how uh, condescending the uh, fan base was towards Pitt with the Todd Graham stuff, it couldn't have happened to a better group of people. I mean, I welcome this with open arms. I mean, this is really bad. And obviously, Herm has a, um, you know, Herm has a little uh, connection there with Arizona State. The guy was an supposed NFL agent. I just thought, you know, and I figured something was up because how you, how the hell do you pass up all these college football, college football coaching candidates to hire this guy out of a freak who hasn't coached in years? I mean, I'm looking at Paul Pasqualoni, although he coached the pros, but he was out of college coaching for Lord knows how long. And last I remember he was, you know, Syracuse fell apart. But I'm, you know, I'm happy for Arizona State because they deserve this. They deserve every piece of this. I mean, I can't get too. I mean, I can't get really too mad at them for Todd Graham leaving because Todd Graham sought the job out himself. He won the job. So I can't get really too mad about that. We were pissed off about it. We had every right to be pissed. I just didn't appreciate the condescending um, crap that they pulled on us. I mean, these guys acted like they were friggin' LSU or Alabama the way they were talking to us. Oh, don't worry. You'll get ranked someday. F off. Enjoy your little, uh, enjoy your new pro coach. So, needless to say, Arizona State's going to be, you know, they're, you know, the fans, they pretty much, high, they, you know, they, they pretty much pull out of Kevin Stallings. He runs out, like, they run out of a guy who, you know, you know, you know, Graham wasn't bad. He had some down years. He just got them back to a, um, they had some 10-win seasons, but he just got them, he got them back to a bowl game this year. They beat Arizona, Arizona this year. They, they knocked off the rival, and for all this trouble, he got um, he got canned. Obviously, 
like Todd Graham said when he left Pitt, you know, he wasn't going to be able to do better, do good at Pitt. And of course, Arizona State felt they could do better as well. Uh, poor Todd. But whatever, I hope it all works out. I'm sure Todd Graham will find a job somewhere. I mean, he got, he got, he got a $12 million buyout, so he's got some house money to play with. Him and Penny can go find out you know, another another place to alienate. But I just do, I, I do remember when uh, he left Pitt out of nowhere. I just remember how Steve Pearson looked in that press conference. Man, was there a guy who was there knocked down a few pegs like Steve Peterson was that day? I mean, he, that's just how. Pe- I mean, Pearson pretty much hired him, a person like himself, and of course the guy didn't like what was what he saw, and he left. So let's go back to Joe Moorhead. Obviously, he revolutionized Penn State's offense. I don't think he so much revolutionized it like people talk about. All he freaking did was t- tweak it to make it look better. I mean, that's what coordinators do with their talent they have. Whereas with um, Hackenberg and that whole that whole um, crap shoot, Hackenberg had a really good freshman year, and he just he just felt went downhill. It's hard to explain it. It's like he it's almost like he peaked his freshman year and just took a big nosedive. I mean he had he obviously had the pro stuff, the measurables. He has the build, he has the arm. <clears throat> he just lacks he just lacked the lacked the ability. And that's the thing with some of these players is when they get drafted is a lot of times they get looked at as for for, for their build and intangibles. You gotta watch the film too. I just don't know how he got drafted. He was horrible, and the, and the Texans almost drafted them. And there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of stack over it. I remember people did not want him on the team, and I can't blame them. You know, if you watch how badly he was in college and. Bill O'Brien wants to draft the guy. Shoot, I wouldn't want him either. I, 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 I would scream. But um, Texans avoided that, and they didn't draft the quarterback for a few more years until they woke up and got Deshaun Watson. And all is right in the world. Hackenberg's probably you know going to get released. I mean. Wasn't Hackenberg drafted probably in the second round, maybe? It was, I mean, it was early rounds. The guy, obviously, is not a developmental pick. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, the guy just needs to move on, move on with life's work. But, yeah, Moorhead, he, you know, he, he built the offense. And he had some really good talent with him. You know, the talent's really good. You know, he had Saquon Barkley, whom uh, he kind of misused a, a good bit for whatever reason. 
of course, if you talk to some uh, grassy null theorists in the local media, they'll, they'll say that uh, the defenses intentionally sold out the run to prevent him from winning to, to prevent him from winning the Heisman. Although the Heisman hasn't been decided yet, he may still get it, but his chances aren't aren't as good. But people thought it was some sort of conspiracy against uh, Penn State. Like everything else is against Penn State. Everything with Penn State is conspiracy. If they lose, it's the officials. They start their message board. Wackos. Start researching the referees. They get their home addresses. They post pictures of their homes. Pictures of their wives and kids. Where they work. All kind of stuff they do. So I'm sure they'll be. I mean, it's same with uh, with with Larry Johnson and I think Johnna Carter, and of course the rankings from 1994. They'll most likely uh, po- they'll most likely start posting charts of who voted for who, like they always do. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a local me will vote for him. Hey, I'm just happy, you know, hey, at least some, you know, at least the local me has shown some sort of passion for a pet PA kid. Whereas when Larry Fitzgerald was, when Larry Fitzgerald had guys double, triple teaming him and still put up good numbers, the local me still didn't vote for him for the highest one anyway. They made a bunch of bullshit excuses as to why they didn't vote for him. And then they want to call out Pitt fans for not supporting the team, but yeah, they don't support the players either. So that's that. But um, you know, if well, Morehead working the big, bit the SEC, I don't know. He might. If not, I hope he had negotiated a big buyout. Which is what coaches tend to do these days because stuff can get, stuff goes south real quick. And it may not be that great of a job and you, you know, you're just taking it for whatever reason. Make sure the buyout's big and heck, get paid and uh, take a break for a while. Which is what probably what some coaches are going to do. How this is affect Pitt? Ah, uh, probably not much. We'd have to see, you know, if any of these assistants have relationships with some of these coaches that are in, uh, you know, they're in the running or just been hired. So, but I don't see any assistants being poached away. It helps Pitt recruiting us in some in some ways because um, you got you got decommits. Maybe players are gonna start looking around again. The pit was involved with, so that helps out. But um, anyways, I'll let you guys have your rest of your morning, or day, or whatever, as I uh, navigate through the uh, 
the perils of Houston traffic. I think uh, probably Friday. I think Friday I'm probably gonna record the review I'm gonna do with uh, you know with Pit Football the year review, and I'll probably record that Friday and probably upload it uh, next week. And we'll talk about you know what happened that year, what was good, what was bad, and what I'll, what to look forward to next year. But anyways. You all enjoy the rest of your day, rest of your week. Hello, Pit. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.